Bienvenido el podcast El Saturn Studs I'm Kurt Joined this week by my not bilingual Co-host Peter and Jake And we are here Once again In the grind In the in the sausage grind uh, Speaking of sausage This week is the beef Toothpaste edition Their motto is Get that protein in your mouth Spread it around. Jake's also, had, Jake's had counting, first-hand is... experience with it. It comes in the tube, keep it refrigerated, you squeeze it out. You, sp- you spread it on your toast. For those of you keeping count, this is episode 273 of the Saturn Podcast. <laughs> I am going to go get that liverwurst that you left in my fridge. And I am Can going you... to brush my teeth with it this morning. And I will <laughs> is report it liquidy? back. No, it's I. I got I Jake a tuna Braunschweiger uh, for for snacking purposes. I never used it. I thought it was just like a fucking a burst. It, I mean, <laughs> it is the sausage. It is, and it's the consistency of uh, uh I want to say, play doh. Yeah, you can mold it, you or can, or really warm butter. It. It's the you consistency of a little too warm butter. Mm-hmm. It's like a what? What the what? Compound uh, is that? What, what it's called when you take the butter and you uh, compound? Compound? Com- compound butter? Yeah, compound com- V? Compen- Com- I, w- I wonder what compound is. What did I just say there? It's compound like to- that yeah. was like tapenade and compound. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I knew I was on the I was on the right path. I was just in the wrong village. But um, were you though? Oh <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jake. Com- Jake, com- your Italian was coming through. I just looked it up. I just got this in from what is from our correspondent. <laughs> our um, Italian correspondent. Camponata <laughs> is is an Italian type of uh it's a dish. It is I don't I don't know what Camponade, it is. Camponata, yeah, I feel like I've seen that on a menu. But it before. looks like it's like an eggplant goo. But it was a little too gabagool for my taste. A little too gabagool. I would prefer some As we, we asked your fiance point blank on a scale of one to Gabagool, how Italian is Jake's family? <laughs> <laughs> My grandpa. Well, actually, it's funny you bring that up because uh, we're trying to go through the Gabagool reps uh, and the Gabagool ambassadors and try to get our Italian citizenship because my grandpa was an anchor baby when he came over here to the uh, the old U.S. of A. I mean, like. You can get your citizenship. Damn immigrants. I can I'm also I could get German citizenship, but I haven't bothered because it if, if I live in America, it's like having an AMP Shoppers Club card. It really doesn't do much for you. Well, I think I think my family plans on going over to Italy more often. Um or just that occasional like, you know, cross Europe trek that you should do once in your life or something. And it makes uh traveling between countries a lot easier, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Europe, but yes. the United States will not recognize your Italian citizenship. Yeah, I think you might. I don't get know the... why they would. Why would they have to? I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I don't like if you're going to get extradited or something. Oh, I don't know what no, the it's just you get dual citizenship. You get just the dual. 
So and they put that yeah, little blue check mark on your only passport Italy to make sure recognizes you're you as an Italian citizen. Yeah, but you get the like US an Italian passport though. I understand like, that. I'm just saying that, like, when you're if you're over the age of 18, the U.S. does not recognize dual citizenship for whatever that legal whatever legal implications that has. Jake's life is crumbling. Well, no, I'm just I'm I'm trying to go through my brain because I've had I've, for some reason a lot of like people in my life have had to like go through dual citizenship. So I'm trying to think of like what purposes the U.S. would even care about dual citizenship, because like well, I've had an evidently ex. they don't because they don't. I, well, I don't think it really matters to them. I think it only matters. If, well, like, I, yeah, like it, it probably doesn't matter. I'm just I remember this because I had friends of the family uh, that we used to do Thanksgiving with, and uh, their mom was from Quebec, I think, and so they were Canadian citizens, and they were having we were having this discussion about how. The U.S. does not recognize their status as Canadian citizens. Oh, interesting. But they, at um, least they had the U.S. citizenship, probably to yeah. To, so, to, like, to, back it up. to the country that you have the dual citizenship in, it's relevant. Yeah, but that's all it matters. If ever there's some sort of legal, I don't even know when it'd be relevant. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> Might be. Good. I've never this been is, to law school. I've never even set legal. foot on the campus of a law school. <laughs> um. But whatever legal implications it might have for extradition or whatever. I, I think Jake is just looking for the for the secret deals at Olive Garden. They stamp, hey, if they sta- they they stamp your passport. <laughs> when is it, wait, your family. Vin Diesel, what the heck? <laughs> isn't oh, fucking aren't they actually doing like a tour of Italy dish right now? At Olive Garden. Why, why do I, I know this? I thought they were always doing that. Where Haven't like they was... always had the tour of Italy menu? <laughs> I th- isn't it like lasagna, chicken Alfredo, and fucking eggplant parm or something? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's just so like you have three choices of an Italian dish. <laughs> yeah, chicken parm, lasagna, oh, and Dude, now you Alfredo. make me want to go get their breadsticks. I don't want to get anything from Olive Garden. I'll go to the one of the Olive Garden. I'm not family. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I don't care for a lot of the like real food on their menu, but their breadsticks are pretty good. Yeah. Especially when they're, and they're unlimited. <laughs> yeah. You just bring a fucking suitcase and fill it up with breadsticks. They can't stop you. What's <laughs> the thing about their, their red lobsters over here trying to compete with like unlimited crab <laughs> and they lost millions of dollars because they overestimated or they underestimated they how much have... crab people can eat. They have the Dugarita. They have the Dugarita. Yep. Ooh, but do they have truffles? So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they, they might have to ask Nick Cage about where to find the truffles. Which is where uh, we're going to pick. I'm here. Which Sponsor the fucking, Olive Garden. They serve Italian not, food. I'll only speak for myself, but uh, I kind of came in expecting a fun train wreck. Oh, uh, this was good. This was not that, but... <laughs> Tam was this like a sleeper Oscar hit here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Nick Cage when he busts out his acting chops, uh, pretty good. Just although I feel like this is kind of like an Arnold and Terminator situation, where it's not that so much that Nick Cage is a, a fantastic actor, as that this was the right role for him at this point in his career. Just they woke him up and they were like, "Don't shave." Just come to set. 
Uh, we're gonna need you to yell, where's my pig a lot? And he's like, I do that anyways. <laughs> Nick Cage looked at his, his accounts. He finally zeroed out everything. He's like, oh, I can take a me day. I'll they go, actually I'll were able to pig. save money by just shooting at Nick Cage's house for a portion of the movie. So they just like... Wouldn't surprise me. Went to his cabin in the woods... <laughs> They moved like over our recording set. It was the cabin in the woods. No, because that's where we're coming at you live always. Um, just a cabin in the woods. And then they said, okay, get your pig. It's all right. I got my pig. It's actually a sow. But I guess that wasn't a catchy enough title. <laughs> sow. Where's my sow? Uh, so, I was I was hoping for a little bit more John Wick in this uh John yeah, I, the trailer made it seem like this was going to be like a John Wick-esque movie, but it was it was certainly <clears throat> not that. Yeah, it was more like a, I don't know. I don't even know what to they describe swerved, it yeah. as. It's a, it's it's a, a delicate a, and sensitive movie about... It's an, it's an indie movie about uh, life and loss and <clears throat> what it truly means to find your passion and ha- your happiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a surprisingly deep movie <laughs> for a movie titled... Pig. 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 And we'll talk all about it later on the show. But first, we have some trailers to watch in our trailer roundup segment that we conveniently titled Tray Watch. And there are a lot of trailers, most of which we've seen stuff for before, mm-hmm. um, such as Dune. Dune, A movie too. that they're, they're really pushing the, the promotions for. But it doesn't come out till like October. So. Yeah, they really want to hype you. They're, I don't They're know really what their marketing strategy is on this, but it's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, this comes out the end of October. They're really trying to push the narrative of it's. It's not the 1984 one. It's. It's different. We promise. We promise. It, it does look a little more comprehensible. So uh, we we were actually talking about this the other day. Um, with my uh, just actually yesterday with my friends, one who has read the book um, and one who has not. Uh, so this one does not include the first book. It's not the entire first book. It's I think they go through half of it. Okay. The half where stuff happens because my buddy Ethan, who's also read Dune, uh, tells me that the first half of the book is basically just a glossary of all of the terminology mm. and lore. That you will need to understand the second half of the book. Yeah. Wasn't that the start I, of the movie too? The the eighties movie. I mean, they tried to do a, a big old exposition dump with the the girl's head floating in space, talking about the spice menage yeah. and stuff. Spice menage. Uh, so for like fifteen minutes, they do an exposition spice. dump, and I still had no idea what the fuck was going on the rest <laughs> of the movie. I look up, there's a fucking ginger dude floating around, going. <laughs> And uh, I was like, which one of you fuckers suggested this movie again? You're not allowed to pick for the next six weeks. It's a classic. It inspired uh, Star Wars and whatnot. Yes, inspired Star Wars. The book, though. Seven years after. Well, the book did. The book book inspired. Star Wars 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 drew inspiration from a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess this was like the uh, the book. I gotta I gotta reiterate. There, there's a big difference between the book and the movie because a lot of people did not like the original movie 
because Including it's the strayed. Of the original movie. Yeah. <laughs> it strayed so far from the source material. Um, so, I don't know. I, I have high hopes for this because it's got a stacked cast. Uh, the director is apparently very good. You know what also had a stacked cast and was just okay? No. A little, not. little movie called Hotel Artemis. Oh! <laughs> what's that about? Who's in it? <laughs> have I heard of it? Uh, Jodie Foster, Dave Bautista. Shit! Dave is coming hey, back in this one, too. Dave Bautista reprising his role in Hotel Artemis as the white man. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe they put him in white face for this. Um, the, uh... <laughs> I, I'm not really super familiar with Dennis uh, Villanueva. He did uh, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, 2049. I have not seen Wait, the Blade Runner 2049. Um, oh, it's sheer existence cheapens the ending of Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> I have not seen Blade Runner, so I cannot comment on that. So, well, As a contrarian, Blade... I have to disagree and say that it uh, thickened the, the ending of Blade Runner. Well, <laughs> it's know. that's impossible because... So the... the at least the uh, the final cut of Blade Runner, which is the one I watched for my poster... Um, the ending is kind of left ambiguous because there's some there's some hints that uh, Harrison Ford's character might also be a replicant. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending is left ambiguous as to whether or not that's the case. And that's generally but the since, more preferred one, right? Rather than that's the... what Ridley Ridley Scott says that in his version of the movie, Decker's a replicant. Harrison Ford disagrees. So. Take that for what you will. Go but watch whichever the cut thing about your shit. The thing about the... Well, don't watch the theatrical cut, because that... Why? You don't want... Bullshit. Ford's, his his uh, commentary, his, his narration over the whole thing, his riff tracks. Well, I actually think the narration kind of... It kind of helped a little bit. Um, it wasn't necessary at all, but I think it kind of worked a little bit as a framing device to keep your attention. But uh, the the ending of the theatrical cut is just terrible. Um, I think on Netflix and HBO Max, it's the final cut. So that's what's generally out there. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that replicants have a four-year lifespan. Um, And the fact that Blade Runner 2049 is set 30 years, actually 50 years in the future. No, 30. It's 2019 um, in the original Blade Runner. and Harrison Ford's Decker's still in the movie. That kind of confirms that he is, in fact, human, which cheapens the ending of Blade Runner a little bit and some of the messaging, which is basically every cyberpunk thing from Japan rips off Blade Runner very heavily. A lot of things. Blade Runner was a big old influential movie. Yeah. Well, the visual design of Blade Runner is so per- pervasive in so much shit. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of its appeal. That and, like, the philosophical nature of, like... Robins? They portray the replicants as being more human than the humans in a lot of instances uh, mm-hmm. in the movie. So it's kind of the philosophical, what really determines who's human? You know, it's the old Legion asking, does this unit have a soul in Mass Effect 3 and your heart being ripped from your chest? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the director has also done uh, Arrival... Um, in, sin- in-, 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 in 
Entities in, uh, yeah, and Sicario. Entities. I feel like he just asked the question when, when they were looking through this movie, like, we need someone who knows how to direct large black shapes that are kind of reflective. Peter has an interesting get, relationship with the movie Arrival. Get Dennis. Get those of you who yeah. who follow the show in our, our debut year. I should watch I really should watch it again so I can I can renew my warlock bond with that movie. It's my it, that might be my patron. It's the movie <laughs> Arrival. Those giant black contact lenses. Oh man! Yeah, so apparently, uh, he's he's got some good stuff on his belt. Um, Those are some some pretty big credits. But, um, but I mean, yeah, the, the cast is is pretty hopping. Uh, of course, I mean, they're going the all in on this. Zendaya, we all love Zendaya. Don't fucking Michi. Jake, um, <laughs> this episode was going so well. Why would you fucking invoke the curse? Well, no, I have to say it three times in a row without. Skipping a beat. It's not fucking so. Beetlejuice. <laughs> so Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya. No. It's gotcha, Zendaya. <laughs> not today. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, uh, Jason, my man, Momoa. Uh, what, is, again, is Duncan Idaho, which I did not pick that up in the first movie. In the first time I watched the, the 80s Dune. His name was Duncan Idaho. Oh, yeah. Duncan Idaho. It's great. Uh, Josh Brolin, we got Thanos coming out here as Gurney Alec. Dave um, I'm sorry, you mean Cable? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Thanos. Glasu, oh, uh, the Beast. He's uh, Dave Batista's the Beast. Uh, Oscar Isaac is Duke Leto Atreides. Uh, Javier Bardem, Silgar. Mm-hmm. Javier Bardem. Bardem. No uh, country. David Dastmalashian. Anton uh, Sugar, Peter <laughs> Davies, um, and Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Harkonnen. Uh, so Hark, Harkonnen. Hark, Hark, Hark the Herald, and then <laughs> Jake's, Jake's having an attack. He's having an up. Hark, 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 Hark. Yes, I mean I'm excited. I just hope it's got. Uh, they keep on pace and i hope you know only covering half the book <laughs> you know being able I'm, to I'm dive her- deep into a lot of the stuff that maybe glossed over in dune uh, i know a big part of the thing was they like killed off duncan idaho in the original dune like way too early and his part was like way overlooked so maybe my man momoa will get some time to shine and, and make that role a lot Go of to- uh comments here imploring people to see this in the movie theater um uh maybe i mean i don't i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna invest because what if it's bad there's a chance it's bad <laughs> like the first dune wasn't very good and it yeah. also had a big cast for the era and a director that was young and up and coming at the time there's a lot of parallels now they have the benefit of seeing well, this shit didn't work, so we exactly. can go in a different direction. Well, that's what but I that mean. that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the right direction. Look, they saw it the first time in 1984, and they said, okay, we can't fuck up like this this time. So that means always they can't fuck it up again. 
the the remake can't be as bad as it. You can fuck it up in a no, different way. Never, never, <laughs> never. That won't happen. It's you know, impossible. I was trying to think of like there are very few remakes that turn out even as good as the original in the history of cinema. I'm not saying like this dooms this particular movie. I'm saying it has to break a cycle because mm-hmm. there aren't a whole lot of r- movies that have been remade and the remake is even like as good because it's tough mm-hmm. because the like if you make the same movie, then it doesn't add anything and people are like, well, why did you even bother remaking it? But if you do something different, well, it depends a little bit, I guess, because Dune was not a very beloved movie. No. Um, no. So I don't think people are going to be too upset about changes being made to it like they were with no. something yeah. like Ghostbusters. Like, oh, they. I'm trying to think of like one in particular scene that maybe. The I guild? can't think of anything specific from oh. the original Dune that, that the... people would be like, oh, no, they didn't have floating ginger baron guy you know i'm i'm gonna be sad if they don't have the weird the weird monstrous guild navigation guild members <laughs> the weird sausage people and they just vomited space lasers that folded space time i remember <laughs> that shit that was great i remember so little of that movie oh <laughs> uh, I, I watched a watch mojo thing the other day so I, I a lot of a lot was like that was repressed came back and they were like remember weirding remember when they would shoot guns with their mind i do remember that <laughs> apparently to that save on, is, to save on the visual effects budget all all things were done with it's not it's not in the Com- books not in the book not in the book just not in the book that's not the weirding <laughs> so maybe they do it better I don't um, we'll see yeah we'll see yeah, what happens hopefully fingies crossed you know I, I i mean i'll watch it i'll give it a watch i'll give it a chance but i don't think i'm going to spend 15 bucks to sit in the theater with a bunch of other people and and have to pay you know 20 dollars for popcorn but you know uh, what you do, do so. have to pay 15 dollars and you should pay 15 more after that and 15 after that because you're bringing a whole gaggle of geese to this movie vacation friends trailer oh. one we got it I've been waiting for this for months. I've been on the edge of my seat. I couldn't wait. I heard John Cena was doing a, a CCP, comedy. CCP ambassador John Cena coming back for another comedy CCP hit. ambassador to the, uh, I don't know what, Taiwan, uh, the the province. I don't know, because they're not. China doesn't recognize them as their own country. I guess they'd be a province then, yeah. Province um, of Taiwan, uh, yeah. Well, this is gonna air over there early, probably. I bet too. John Cena with hair is still not something I'm used to seeing in in this day and age. Um, John Cena. He kept he kept is, his hat on when he came out mm-hmm. at the end of Money in the Bank, so I didn't have to see his his hair. I've um, is, I've always wanted is an it, interracial is comedy it starring John is it Cena. Plugs? Is it? chemicals i think it's i think it's like hair club for men sort of thing because he definitely was not growing it very well for a while and all of a sudden it was like normal lush oh you know what they fed him shark because i remember when he started growing it back right and then randy orton also grew his hair out and we thought he was just ribbing cena because he's like oh i still have hair Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then Cena came back with his weird Maybe fucking CGI. new body in Hair Club for Men. Oh, they got Maybe. the uh, Kevin Hart live CGI experience for John Cena's hair? Yeah. Maybe it's all just CGI. I don't know. I will say um, that this is probably the only kind of role I can I can take John Cena seriously in. Mm-hmm. Um, Him being a complete goofball, that is. Yeah. Yes. I think I think that's his strength. I think if he tries to branch out into anything more serious, it falls apart pretty quickly. Was he in Although, anything serious? I mean, he's had serious roles as like the no nonsense military man. Yeah. And like Bumblebee and the Marine and twelve rounds. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know I, I think he works best as as a goofball I, though, though the last comedy I saw him in uh, Blockers was real bad I, I, I walked out with like 15 minutes left of the movie <laughs> I was like okay that's it I'm done can't, can't take it anymore everyone's making like Mark Wall Mark Wahlberg jokes I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> he kind of do be like Mark Wahlberg in this movie. Huh. I mean, could you could you you could swap out John Cena with Mark Wahlberg and then just be like, oh, that's just a smaller person in that role. Mark Smallberg. Like they four, act the four same inches way. of height difference. Yeah. yeah, no, it's literally the same. It's a carbon copy of Mark Wahlberg, except it got just Mark cropped. Wahlberg is John Cena's mini me. It just got <laughs> cropped a little bit. Got, He's exactly like you in every way, only. <laughs> Eighty-five point seven percent of your height. Who is Kevin Hart in the Mini Me Too? The Rock. I don't want to say The Rock, but they had several movies. Shaq, I guess. That'd be cool. I would like to see Shaq just having his hand out like this, and then Kevin Hart just standing on it. Standing in his. <laughs> hey, I'm Shaq, and I'm Kevin Hart. I'm Shaq. Bob McDonald's. He's, I mean, just it's pretty it. easy. They just need to port Kevin Hart into the smaller portable uh, hologram projector. And it's like Star Wars with the with the, the palm communicator. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Help me, Obi-Wan. Help me, Shaquille O'Neal. Help me, Shaq. You're my only hope. Gotta go wrestle Cody Rhodes on Dynamite. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't see anything better than serious. Right to be. Uh, yeah, the Marine, maybe, but, like, I didn't see anything serious in John Cena's, uh... He's never, like, done a drama. Yeah. Yet. It's coming. I guarantee you it's coming. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Oh, sure. You know, he, he's, like... I don't know, he's he's weird. Because, like, he's not... Like, The Rock is a good actor who has appeared in exclusively bad movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, John Cena. John Cena is not a great actor. Uh, but he also has not appeared in any good movies, so oh, I don't really wait, know what. What the, am I talking about? Ferdinand. Is. He was uh, Ferdinand the Bull. Yes. Seriously, as we know, that was a hard-hitting political drama. Smash hit. Hell yeah, dude! Real tour de force for John Cena. Um, there's Demonic. The most interesting part about this trailer is that, uh, 
in the suggested videos, there is a uh, a horror movie called Stillborn. Oh no, I don't know about that one, Chief. Yeah. And the thing that makes that funny is that in the first episode of Dark Place, <laughs> Kurt Marenghi discusses his horror book about a fucking stillborn fetus that comes back to life and terrorizes Bristol. <laughs> no. Not for me. So someone <laughs> took that episode of Dark Place and was like, you know what? That's actually a solid idea. And then in 2018, made a movie called Stillborn. It's so good to see that the modern audiences are reading the classics still. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> blood. Blood. So, yeah, Demonic, they almost had a good trailer. Like, they, they started it out. It was almost good. And then yeah, it was kind of interesting. And then the Vatican Black Ops came in. <laughs> then it became Assassin's Creed all of a sudden. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> as soon as they said, it's a Vatican Dark Ops operation, showed, like, fucking Spec Ops forces with big crosses on their guns. I'm like, this is fucking Helsing. You've, you've because, just made you know, this Because, you that's Helsing. what you want out of your Black Ops squad is an easily identifiable marker. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think I think it's I think it's dank. That's awesome. Dank would be the word. Premise and it is from like the guy who did District Nine and Elysium, which are two pretty good movies. Well, District Nine was really good. Elysium was well, kind of like this, honestly, an interesting premise with a uh, execution of it. So you're telling me the 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 demon lives in a in a sun baked slum. And he's got to find his way. He's got to get to a better spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm missing the orange filter that's over everything because it's in South Africa. But it's Mexico. What's uh? What's South Africa? I thought it was similar. Uh, just, just everything. Just general dusty. insanity. Apartheid. <laughs> got that apartheid filter over everything. That's nice. Hmm. <laughs> That's a real good visual. Puts you right in the mood. Separate the black and the white. Real, <laughs> real good here. Very contrasty. Sometimes it's monochrome. Sometimes it's chrome. You just get um, you get Trevor Noah just narrate. He just dubs over all the dialogue in the movie. That's the South African dub. He's actually just every voice. He dubs over every voice. <laughs> Lady speaks. Why is your that. accent so fucking weird? <laughs> Your humor doesn't play outside of South Africa. <laughs> so we got a scary movie in, you know, trailer dropping in July. Makes sense because there's another scary movie trailer dropping in July. Maligma. Maligma. Maligma balls. You did it. <laughs> Malignant. Um, I thought this movie was about a tumor. Uh, yeah, I thought so too. And then it was just like, no, it's evil. It's just an evil it's, spirit, it's man. It's Gabriel. In so, Seattle. Like, if you didn't know it was Seattle, the Space Needles the space in every needle. fifth shot of the <laughs> yeah. trailer. Remember? Malignant Seattle. in Seattle. Um, fuck, fuck Seattle. Fuck Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Best line from Pig. Best line from Pig so far is fuck Seattle. <laughs> is, um,. Is this a genre at this point? Like scary movies that aren't they're like from James cheap. Wan, the director of Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to call this horror because it's like too cheesy to be horror, like a scary horror. I we've had these kind of movies for a long time. 
but I feel like there needs to be a new subgenre well, for them. We're going through a horror renaissance of sort because studios have figured out that the only two movies that make money are big, like superhero or franchise blockbusters mm-hmm. with two hundred fifty million dollar budgets that make like a billion dollars, or cheesy ass creatively bankrupt horror movies that you film for a hot dog and a handshake and make $2 million at the box office, but that's still like a 2,000% profit margin. Mm -hmm. Because enough people would be like, yo, how quirky would it be if we went to go see this horror movie? Like, Not realizing Because there are people that just really like horror movies. I never understood those people, but they're like, oh, it's a new horror movie. I'll watch this. I think horror is like, um, it's like a drug. So like, you're always chasing that dragon uh, well, after, like, the first one that you see. Like, mine mine was, like, Lake Placid when I was a young little pup. <laughs> I was very young, and that gave me nightmares. I should not have watched a rated R movie. Mine was, I think, and it's not necessarily even a horror movie, but I think the circumstances under which I watched it fucked me up for forever, and I, I've never really been into horror movies since. Uh, it was the it was the sixth sense, and we watched it. We were staying at my grandparents' house, and this was like the night before my grandpa Murphy died. We watched the sixth sense. Oh yikes! And I was like, okay, never again. I didn't sleep well for like a month afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it got worse in like 2003 when uh, Freddy vs. Jason was coming out, and like. Mm-hmm. Every other commercial on every network station past like seven thirty PM was Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> I so yeah, I think I think everybody's like trying to find that horror horror fix, and uh, they'll just take any movie, any movie. We'll try to you know maybe this is a sleeper hit that's going to spook me out of my seat, and I'm going to go ah. <laughs> See, I can't really evaluate horror movies because I'm not I'm not that mm-hmm. guy. Like the closest. A horror thing to a horror movie I've really I mean we've watched some things that are technically horror movies for the show mm-hmm. like Aquaman. Rogue and uh, <laughs> oh, Rogue. Wheelie's Wonderland and mm-hmm. Velocipaster <laughs> but nothing nothing really but nothing scary, really spooky like the, the only like the closest spooky movie I've ever seen was Evil Dead 2 which leaned a little bit more into comedy, but was still basically Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. I'm not really a horror guy. So I can't really critique a horror movie based on right. anything. Just looking at this, though, this this feels to me like like the horror movie equivalent of the Taco Bell hot sauce, where it's like, oh, this is where they put on the packaging it's so hot it's very hot it's not mild guys check it out it's hot but like anyone who's who's really in the business who's who's eating the pepper too it's like oh, this is pretty mild we're pretty good here don't worry about it but plenty of people will still ha- taste that taste that moderately hot taco bell sauce and they'll go oh, 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 oh it's so hot yeah some people have baby mouth peter Some people. I, everyone, put, uh, everyone put, around me has baby mouth, and I eat everyone's peppers. My mouth. Some people put is a caldera. Uh, put, 
it is four cans of toma tomatillos or whatever the hell that was and it's too hot too much tomatillo too many had this one had the seeds in it when we when you guys come up to troy we're gonna go get scoop we're gonna go get scubbers and uh, we're gonna get the the atomic hot wings, which are slathered in peri peri paste, peri peri paste. That's that's the one. They are. I can fluffy. power through hot stuff. I did the fucking insane wings challenge at Buffalo Wild Wings. I you just did. you get to a certain point and you're like, I don't feel anymore. And then well, I, I I do. You gotta take a shit and you feel it all over again. I I do challenges. I, I'm I'm a fan of the challenges. I'm just challenged like, every day. Yeah. I, I get challenged in many ways. Um, but I like the challenge. Like, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a dab of a Mad Dog. Uh, well, I forgot what the number was. 365? I don't know what it was. 357? That's what it was. It was the Magnum. Mm-hmm. And that shit is spicy. It blew my mouth up. I, didn't, I couldn't taste for a week. But it was fun. <laughs> so yeah, this movie is that. This you. movie is Taco yeah. Bell hot sauce. Yeah. Um, for a uh, huge tonal shift, we have The Last Duel starring friend of the show Adam Driver uh, mm-hmm. and Matt Damon and Jodie Comer. It's, who is the uh, only one doing an accent. Yeah. Matt Damon? I mean, Adam Driver's trying to do some mm-hmm. inflection, but yeah, Matt Damon's phoning it in. Did did Adam Driver even speak during? He did. Oh, yeah, yeah he yelled. Something. He yelled something. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. He and said, he, "I'm innocent." He had a pretty neutral tone. It wasn't accent, but it was it was neutral. He, it wasn't an accent, but he was doing some inflections. But then you heard Matt that Damon. Word. He's just like, "I'm Matt Damon." I've got- uh, Jacques. Jacques. <laughs> For the honor of my fair maiden. I'm just waiting for all the the horny memes to come out about Adam Driver in like a suit of armor, just being like, "Yes, joust me, Daddy Driver." Dri- uh, drive my Adam. Step on me, you seven foot tall king. Oh, someone watches John Oliver. That's a recurring um, John bit. John coming it? back to TV, so that's cool. What's got that? An actual audience. John Stewart's coming back. Yes, oh, yes, the problem yeah. With, I didn't hear about that. With John Stewart. The problem with John Stewart. And he's Which got... every time I read a headline that says the problem with John Stewart, I'm like, who the fuck's talking shit about John Stewart? I get all defensive. And then I remember, oh, that's the title of his new sure. show. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should talk about purpose. that trailer. The the recent like promo he put out where it was all the, the rich space billionaires riding their dick ships I, in the space. Jason Alexander as Jeff Bezos. Yep. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> It was so good. And just that uh, tells me that John's got he's got the good team back. He's still got it. He never he never didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Just like I need I did not see this. He oh, just he, didn't he see just it? let he tried to let the new generation take over and then he saw how not great they were and he was like, I gotta come back. I gotta. The only one the only one who ever did it for me who like really really got that groove was um Hassan Minaj and he got canceled after three seasons he didn't get canceled his show got canceled after like three seasons <laughs> well that's Netflix for you yeah you get three seasons and no matter how 
how much they set up for a fourth season and how good that fourth season would have been, you just you don't get it. What's the, what was that they, news they article about? Daredevil right from you. <laughs> how many uh, how many new subscriptions did Netflix bleed this last month? Oh, like a hundred and fifty million or something ridiculous like that. Uh, they're in hmm. trouble. And I'll tell you why they're in trouble. Because they don't own any... Like, the only thing they own is their original content. And it's impossible to find anything else because their algorithm is so tuned to their original content because that's the only thing that they can, like, for sure hold on to. (laughs) And with all these other companies starting up their own streaming services and uncertainty about how rights negotiations are going to go in the future with things like Peacock and HBO Max and... Well, I guess HBO Max and Discovery Plus are kind of folding into each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Paramount Plus and... Uh, Hulu Plus Live. Hulu. And Apple TV. Disney Plus, <laughs> Apple well, TV. Was Shagooby... What was this movie? Shapooper? Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. Thanks, Keegan. Sorry, I had, to, I had to watch this. This is too fucking good. I'm <laughs> I'm excited for John Stewart to come back. Everyone's excited for John Stewart to come back. And if you're not excited for John Stewart to come back, you better check your pulse, son. He's the fight. He, he might is be, might be dead. The man is is a chili. Pe- We're talking about spice. This man is a habanero come to life. You will. He He's will a small, five foot seven Jewish habanero. <laughs> It will smoke your ass. <laughs> I like he's one of the few people when when they're like, oh, debate with John Stewart. And like they're like, oh, he won. He won. Whoever won. And it's like nothing was proven. And both people walk away feeling like they won. But like when you go into the ring with John Stewart, you don't <laughs> you come out a different person. <laughs> you, yeah, you're not. You're not the same after that. Bill O'Reilly, ask him about how that goes. Yeah, I I must like I I have to admit the uh, or mention the obligatory um, crossfire debate. All you youngins, oh, go yeah. watch that where For he Tucker roasted Carlson. Tucker Carlson so hard he decided to delete an item of clothing from his entire memory. He's like bow ties he do not also, exist to me anymore. He also. Killed Crossfire. That show was on the air for like yeah. three more months after that interview. <laughs> I'm not saying your show's bad so much as it's, it's hurting America. Please stop hurting America. Just a yeah, fucking photon torpedo. Ruin him so hard. Tucker Carlson moved to Fox. Crossfire was a terrible idea from conception, though. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's get people who fundamentally disagree on everything. Put them on a show so they yell at each other for thirty straight minutes. It's, it's a proof I mean, it's of concept. It's basically like a little debate. We watch that on YouTube all the time. I, like, it's not a real debate. They're just screaming at each other. Angry. Real debates aren't debates. Uh, you know, and just a, it's almost as bad of an idea as Jackass Forever. They're go. getting they're getting a little too old for this shit. That's why they got the they got the interns coming. They, they got the new class of jackass. They fired Bam Margera. They saw it, and 
Yeah, yeah then, then uh, he's, all, he's all pissed off all over social media. Well, Bam, Bam's just in a bad place in general. I, from yeah. everything I've heard of him, he's one of the guys who just didn't didn't get out of it. He kind of he kind of hit the spiral, whereas like Steve-O went on his vision quest and came out like a, a metamorphosized man and Johnny Knoxville started doing acting acting. Um, Bam just kind of like trying to get into acting. Yeah. You just circled the train, so. I'm not surprised that he's Johnny not Knoxville in. is 50 years old. Yeah, they make a joke about that in this trailer. He's like, "Yeah, you got to make, make sure you get all your concussions in before you're 50." And Johnny's 49, so we're good. I mean, they brought in Eric Andre, which is like the most no-brainer thing that mm-hmm. has ever happened. Like, yes, it's the dream crossover. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's. It's a little past its expiration. Yeah, I mean, we're all going to probably watch it at some point, but it's a little past its expiration date in terms of, like, cultural relevance. Mm. Which is, like, I don't know. How many times can you watch somebody get hit in the balls and, like... A lot. (laughs) A lot. I know, but there's also been a lot of jackass is what I'm getting at. It's, like... And not just jackass. You've had Bad Grandpa. You've had the Action Park movie. Bad trip. It's it's they're kind of oversaturating the and impractical jokers pretty much ran off with their own like yeah. jackass style. It's yeah. a little different. It's not so much physical stunts, but it's the same sort of pranking mm-hmm. thing. You know, it, it's a genre that used to be very niche. Like it used to be just jackasses where you could go for this sort of thing. But now the market's a lot more saturated. With options. Yeah, the the like the spiritual drug of choice of the media now isn't the cocaine of the nineties. It's like the it's like the Molly of the twenty twenties. Yeah, it's it's the fucking whatever designer drug ketamine ayahuasca combo. Ketamine. <laughs> it's it's slow balls. It's the <laughs> slow balls now. You get slow yeah, balls. I don't. I guess they they try to make like a point that they're different but i don't see anything different um i mean like maybe they're a little bit more mature maybe not (laughs) well i think they're more mature in the sense that so that a ghost they're older (laughs) um all right well that's trailers let's move on quickly now to the box office as we are running a little long um, in first place, we have Space Jam: A New Legacy. Thirty-one million dollars worth of po- poor souls spent money to watch Space Jam: A New Legacy. Right. Looking at that which, shit, it is from a strictly budget perspective. That's already not looking good for them because I can imagine this is like a hundred million dollar. Oh yeah, they're definitely going to lose money on this. Mm. Um, is there a budget out for it? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try to find out what the yeah. what the budget was. I say strictly budget wise because again I will reiterate that this had this was so much 150 more one hundred and fifty million dollars. Mm. Oh my god! It has made sixty three million dollars worldwide, and I gotta figure after that got trashed by every critic in the world, it's gonna have a fairly precipitous drop. 
from where it opened. Yeah, this was, like I said, this was so much more than a money-making endeavor. That was a part of it, but this is a complex legal and financial instrument, this movie. It was it was to uphold contracts, to make things. budgets work. It's, to... it's a LeBron James trying to chase a ghost in Chicago that he'll never quite catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Warner Brothers trying to keep the rights to a lot of media properties that they have. Mm-hmm. It didn't even make that much in, uh, internationally either. I mean, we got 22,000 international. Um, and I don't know how HBO Max is going to filter in their HBO Max sales. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a lot out of it, to be honest. I mean, I don't know how many people subscribe to HBO Max specifically for Space Jam. I think a lot of people had HBO Max and were like, all right, well, let's see what this is. And, you know, so it's 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 harder. I don't think we're really going to get clear picture on that, I guess, like for the month, if they have a big boon of subscriptions, new subscriptions, that'll kind of tell a tale. But it's not like Disney Plus Premier Access where there's there's a number that you can be like, oh, it generated this many million yeah. dollars because people paid 30 fucking bucks. To and, and I don't know who else can do that other than Disney. Like, imagine if HBO was like, oh, you know, from now until the end of the year, you have to buy our fucking movies now. If we had yeah, like it, spent it money on Tom well. and Jerry, I would have been mad. <laughs> I don't think we would have watched Tom and Jerry if we had to spend money on it. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Same could be said of like, Space Jam. If I had to pay money to see Space Jam: A New Legacy, like these poor schmucks did, uh, I would have been very unhappy. Like, could you imagine having paid like up to twenty dollars to see that in a theater with a bunch of you fucking screaming kids? Paying twenty bucks to see a giant advertisement. Like, I know we didn't spend as much time on Space Jam as we all thought we would last week, but it is just irredeemably bad. Like, there is there is nothing Mm -hmm. even like interestingly awful about it. It's just not worth your time. Like, at least with something with Double Down, which is like the the next worst movie I think I've seen in my time doing the show. And that's. That's saying a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you're just a tier above double down. <laughs> At least that yeah. is a look into the mind of an insane man. An mm-hmm. insane architect from Nevada. <laughs> yeah, this is. What is this a window into? Corporate greed, I guess. It's just so soulless and like. Granted, there are things within the movie that are not awful. Like, they have clips from Austin Powers, and uh, Don Cheadle was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then you have... Isn't that saying something, though, that the, the best Everest parts of your movie are not are from a part our of other movies? movies. Yeah. <laughs> our other movies. It's like... Yeah. No. I don't... There's, there are... Of, of the people who worked on this movie, I feel like the only people I would... You know, even as terrible as this movie is, the only ones I would fault for it are like LeBron himself and the executive producers. Oh, I fault LeBron a hundred percent because it is mm-hmm. 
entirely his ego trip that made this movie happen. Like, this was in development hell for, like, four years. I remember reporting on this, like, very early on in the podcast that Space Jam 2 was going to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, how many times do they call him, like, King James? And, like, oh, my God, you're LeBron James, the best basketball player ever. And it's like, God damn, dude. Like, I... I get, like, this movie was an ego stroke for you, but, like, try to do it subtly, my man. And, like, this, the reason it was in development hell for so long is no one really wanted to fucking make this movie because they knew it would be awful. But then all these, you know, connected universes and HBO Max launch got Warner Brothers into thinking, hey, we can just shove in references to all our media properties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know boom will turn into one giant advertisement and they did and you know i can't think of anything that kids movies need more than references to a clockwork orange <laughs> like how many people out there were like oh my god time warner owns uh or time warner uh warner brothers owns um matrix oh my god i wonder if that's on hbo max i better go watch that i you know, you I almost like, fucking when they went to the Matrix world, I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably watch it. When they showed the Austin Powers clips, I'm like, should I just go watch Austin Powers too, <laughs> or at least just the Jerry Springer scene? Those will be in their metrics for sure. The uh, they'll use the same ones that YouTube does for conti- for your binge watch. Um, but like yeah. I was saying, I I won't fault anyone else for being in this movie because I assume that everyone was uh, was not doing this with their own heart. They were just doing it for the money in the cold, dispassionate way, and I can I can actually appreciate that sure. with something that's as cynical as this. Like, I'm not gonna go to Cedric Joe, be like, "Yeah, Cedric Joe, child actor, you were in <laughs> fucking Space Jam: A New Legacy. What a fucking sellout! What an asshole." Well, yeah, I'm not gonna call any actor a sellout for you know getting work. Like, yeah. I think people I get would. a little too overly sensitive about that sort of thing like they got to put food on the table you know this this is a major motion picture that if they negotiate you know any percent of residuals for is going to give them at least some income for probably the rest of their life like i mean they're just like every average joe schmo they got to put you know their beluga caviar on their china sets next to their Wagyu beef, just like everybody else in America. So they have to make their bag. I get it. Let me push back on this a little bit. So if you you want to know what it's... want to get an understanding of what the life of a working actor is, read If Chins Could Kill by Bruce Campbell. Because Bruce Campbell is not like a huge... He's not a Tom Cruise movie star, but he's been a working actor for like several decades. And he talks about the economics of it. And, like, yeah, he's not hard up for cash, but he's not super rich. Like, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you've been in movies. Oh, you must make a ton of money. Like, he he broke down. I don't remember the exact numbers of it, but he broke down what he got paid for Army of Darkness. And after, like, California taxes and alimony payments to his recently divorced wife, he made, like, ninety thousand dollars for starring in a major blockbuster movie Mm -hmm. like that's pretty good for one picture like no one's gonna be like oh wow boo-hoo but it's not like he's buying a mansion and a yacht (laughs) right this week i 
more for me, I guess I'm saying is that I I would hope. I would hope that most of the 95% of the people coming in on this uh, knew and just did not believe, did not believe with their heart in this picture. And they're all like, we're all. Oh, it was a job. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. It was a job. I will pick on LeBron James and the executive producers because on some level, this was what they thought in their hearts was a good idea. Or at least something they felt they needed to make. Yeah. This was like that email that we saw from um, the director <laughs> from Sony where she's like, oh, what was the fucking Yeah, it was the Amazing Spider-Man 2. And it's like, yeah. uh, I also noticed a lot of kids are saying NBD, also known as a humble brag. Perhaps Spider-Man could incorporate this into his vocabulary. <laughs> that that Just is the most out of touch, soulless corporate thing. And it, it's very similar. But even the Amazing Spider-Man was very, very mm. um, Yeah, so that's tops. Black Widow falls almost seventy percent, down Oof. twenty-five million dollars, despite opening in hundred and fifteen more. What theater was holding out on opening Black Widow? Whatever one they were, whatever one needs the Disney um, <gasps> presence in their theater, so that they can keep getting a future Disney movie, hopefully. Uh, I the hate postal, that that's a thing where Disney postal says. service was a little slow on getting there their tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um, do hate that that's a thing where Disney can say, "Yeah, run our movie, or you're not running any of our movies, and we're gonna leave you in the dust." That's why it's bad to have only a few big studios, and why you should really be concerned that there's only four now instead of five. <laughs> mm. That's less than there are superpowers on the UN committee. <laughs> the Security Council has more members than Hollywood. <laughs> um, uh, scary though. Fucking, we're laughing because we're uncomfortably. Uh, very uncomfortable that Disney. We're almost entering Fox. into yes. into eyeglass manufacturer territory. There's only oh, there's yeah. only three of those. That's like why that's why I decided to leave my job and not work in Crystal Grove. There's like three companies now that two six bot coherent that do that sort of work and it's like i if i if i need to like move somewhere or get another job my options are limited i don't i don't want to stick around with that i'm not going to get out now while i can mm-hmm. um black widows made 260 million dollars worldwide escape room tournament of champions opens in third with eight million dollars it is since uh Gained some more money there. Twelve domestic, 12.6 domestic, 4.5 international, 17 million worldwide. And just so, excuse me, just so happens to be our spotlight film this week. Because what else would we really pick? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I can find the rotten tomatoes on it. The root to moot. Uh, 46% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.1 IMDb, 74% on Fandango, and 48 on Metacritic. So decidedly mixed reviews. The critics' consensus, uh, 74% audience score in RT, though. Uh, critics' consensus, Escape Room, Tournament of Champions may appeal to fans of the original who have been hoping for a sequel. Didn't that come out, like, last year? How long have you been, like, hoping for a sequel? I need one. I need it. These Escape kids today. 
they don't know what they fucking want. Uh, but it's increasingly convo- convoluted rules add up to a very unpleasant game night. And the audience says, even if Escape Room doesn't offer much in the way of surprise or improvements over the original, Tournament of Champions is tense enough to satisfy Thriller fans. <coughs> well, I, for one, am a fan of the album Thriller, and I don't think I would be satisfied with this movie. <laughs> no. Not enough Vincent Price. Um, all right, but as we all know, professional critics, they're dumb as fuck. They've got... They're not real. None of it's real. They're not real people. They're bureaucrats. I don't respect them. Fake. All the critics died in 1984 due to Reagan killing them, and replaced with one at a time drones to spy on you. The critics work for the bourgeoisie. Um, So we go to real people, and as we all know, the realest people hang out in the user review sections of IMDb. Um. And so that's where we go to get our reviews, and and they'll they'll let us know what's really going on with this movie here, like uh, Model Citizen, S I T Y Z E N. He's got a ten out of ten review. I love this movie. It hit the nail on the head! Exclamation mark. I hope there is. I hope there, as in possessive, is a part three. <laughs> this needs to be a trilogy. I would love to see what transpires. Uh, that was, it's transpires spelled like a tran and then a peak, which I don't think is how he spelled that word. Uh, after the ending scene, I literally found myself crying in one of the scenes! Exclamation mark. It was done very well acting wise! Exclamation mark. I also liked how the cast was full of new kids on the block when it comes to acting! Exclamation. The film gave me everything I expected it to give me. He is just throwing an exclamation. He's very excited. This man can. This man likes the Taco Bell hot sauce. This is definitely a film you need to watch in theaters. It won't give you the same feel and effect at home. Go to theaters! Double exclamation. This is definitely one of the actors who's in this <laughs> mm-hmm. movie. I Go would to love to watch it again if I could. Why can't you? <laughs> <laughs> if I could, they only allowed me one once. He got banned from the theater for they crying. Give you a barcode the tattoo. They like scan your scan your movie check. He could have only gave us one. The theater two. became its own escape. Oh, wouldn't that be like a like really fucking crazy? That would be a better performance art piece. If like at escape the end of the four? movie, the theater that you watch the escape room movie in becomes an escape room. Kurt, I think you just wrote the uh, the script to uh, Escape Room Four. <laughs> the, it, it's gonna be a, a meta movie where they're going to see the new Escape Room horror movie, and then everybody in the theater is in an escape room that's gonna kill them. It's brilliant because you can release them simultaneously, like in the same year, like they did Matrix Revolutions and Revelations, where you film the Escape Room Three horror movie that they see in the Escape Room Four horror movie. Mm-hmm. And you play uh-huh. them at the same time, and you charge double admission for it. <laughs> and you could all oh, escape room four, and you just do it like a live action, like uh, found footage kind of deal, and you get actual footage of the people. You got to set up this room in theaters all across the country in, you in the kill fucking AMC. Actual people, you kill actually them. literally kill them, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. What you didn't sign the waiver when you bought your ticket? <laughs> 
in the fine um, It had my nerves on edge. You just get some homeless people. No one will care. <laughs> and I was emotionally... <laughs> I apologize to the homeless people. To our homeless audience? Yeah, there's yeah. no homeless people in Spain watching this. It had my nerves on edge, and I was emotionally connected to all the people who were just trying to go on with their lives and survive. One out of one found that helpful. That's 100%. Can't get any better than that. Good odds. Good odds. Good odds. Uh, slim pickings for the one out of tens. Strange. But there is uh, one confused soul that found his way in here and said one out of ten. It's passable. <clears throat> one out of ten is pa- one. One star <laughs> is pa- passing in your book. It means nothing. Mm, this means boy. nothing. I mean, you got to see those zero star reviews, man. Poof, he's Mel Craig two hundred four. We'll have to see what you what you reviewed else as as, other, as not passable. I have one problem with this film. Just like the first one, the lead actress has the acting range, screen presence, and charisma of undercooked meatloaf. She is constantly outacted by all of her co-stars. Is I thought Meatloaf was to... pretty good in Rocky Horror. Ah. Ah. I was like, I and they definitely like did meatloaf. not cook him. He looked pretty raw when they ate raw him meatloaf. later in the movie. Raw Meatloaf. She's constantly outacted by all of her co-stars. Is she supposed to be on the spectrum? I don't know, but she's so generally unattached from what's going on. It feels like it. I couldn't care less if she makes it out or not. I'm constantly hoping the other actors will pull through, so at least there's someone interesting to pull for. I hate to say diversity casting, but tell me, Hollywood, isn't there plenty of diverse actors out there that can act? Surely, dot, 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 if if you gotta tick that box, at least try harder. 7 out of 26 found that helpful. Wow. Get better diverse actors. Passable. Remember, this is passable. It is passable. This is passable. Passable. One out of ten. Passable. Um, All right. And in the middle here, I've got got some very confused people in the middle comments. Um, But quick shout out to Pietro Pires 90 for his title of his, his 6 out of 10 review, A Double Cheeseburger. (laughs) <laughs> but but really here we got time blanks uh six out of ten review uh fast-paced confusing plot is this movie a horror film no it is more t- more of trying to find the people responsible for killing people in the escape rooms minos is the company responsible however their escape rooms confuses me the first movie was in a building the second in us is in a subway Yet I don't know if they are underground or in a building. The rooms are interesting. However, when it comes to communicating and teamwork, it gets slightly annoying and complicated. We deal with people who don't listen, panic too much, and we deal with ones who are totally aggressive. What the movie lacks is leadership. Zoe is great, but she can be annoying. Sometimes I don't feel how she acts. It feels soulless. The guy with the white tank top at least I felt his pain. He was saying it was his wife's birthday, and he breaks down because he did not want to be late. The escape room begins. What does the movie do? Well, not to spoil it, but hey, I was upset over it. Mystery still surrounds Minos. 
Zoe still can't find the people responsible. The second movie, I find it slightly better, but in the end, nothing was accomplished. Zero out of one found it helpful, and I give you a C plus. See me after class. Grammar was Ooh. not great. A see me after class. That that hurts. Those that are the worst. Me. See me after class. You get that on your paper. You ever not? You ever blow it off the teacher? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. I have another period after this. Sorry. I've done that before. I've been like, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, no, your your time ended when the bell rang. <laughs> and then they get really pissed the next day if you show up before class and they're like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Put that on your paper. Hey. I'm like, yeah, I saw it. But Teach uh, fuck you. no, I didn't. I didn't feel it was necessary. You get forty minutes to teach me. Do it in that time. Teach me. My, are you trying to say that my time is not valuable? <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a teacher being like, um, I dismiss you. The bell doesn't. It's like, yeah, no, that's not how that works. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I get detention for coming to class late, so I gotta go halfway across the school and dodge little freshmen trying to sell me candy bars uh, while I'm at it. So Damn candy. No. Y'all want a Gertrude you. Hawk chocolate? Yes. You want some custard? Otis Spunkmeyer cookie dough? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fucking tub of it. <laughs> we pasteurized it so you fuckers can eat it while you get high in your room. <laughs> Why you gotta call me out I like thought that? thought of everything. That was my junior year of high school. <laughs> They thought of everything. Because it's man. the truth. Every every high school every high school in New York has lived that dream. You're just like, yeah, I'm selling cookie dough. I'm not buying five tubs of cookie dough for me. What are you, some kind of idiot? Armin has a 9 out of 10 review of Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Loved it. First movie in theater after more than a year. If you like the first Escape Room, you'll love this one, too. The movie was welcome, especially after watching countless movies on streaming at home since more than a year here in Canada. The premise is similar to the first movie. As this one is a direct sequel, it starts off immediately. No boring or dull moments. One joke, one Joker reviewer here points out lack, spelled L-A-C, of character development. Come on! What do you want? Shakespeare? Get along. Enjoy the ride. It's a good filler. Keeps on the edge till the end, eh? Pulls out a switchblade comb. Enjoy. Enjoy the ride. Armin is a greaser. 100% confirmed. Armin. Yeah, some of love wasn't for me, for eh? Shakespeare? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Out time. For one out of ten. Number one worst movie I have ever seen by Shirley Anthony Now. Shirley Anthony Now is a trademark sponsorship of this program. Warning, spoilers. Get ready. If you don't want spoilers, turn this podcast off right now. Don't, don't, don't do it. Please, no. This isn't that spoiler. It's fucking escape room. I watched 40 men's. And it was like pulling teeth. It was a ripoff from the movies Saw. Wait. The movies Saw. That's, that's, that's actually the that's movies correct Saw. That's possessive. No, that's possessive movies Saw. And oh, everything. 
and everything you can think of now to do in a movie they did. It was noisy, fast-paced, and the list goes on. My number one worst movie movie of all times. (laughs) There was noise, guys. Don't voice it. It was fast-paced. Noise. Two out of six found that helpful. No, no, don't see it. Noise. Warning, noise. Noise warning. Spoilers. (laughs) Noise. Oh God! Spoiler note. I'm reading. I'm reading some of Armin's other reviews, and uh, I found one for V for Vendetta. He gave it a one out of ten. G for garbage. That's my opinion of this DC verse movie. Extremely boring, except for a few dialogues and some graphic action. Way too much social commentary and political nonsense in the name of cinema. In V for Vendetta, you know. In V for Vendetta, yeah. Yep. Ah. Oh. Good. Way, way Good. too that, much that's social commentary. Too much. Uh, almost like that's not the purpose of the movie. Yeah, it's almost like that was the whole point of the graphic novel or something like I that. I went to an aquarium the other day. Too many fish. Ah, not enough giraffes. Too much water. Where were all the fucking zebras? <laughs> Can you believe they it? They had zebra fish. I can't believe oh, it. I'm looking for it. Uh, for our final, for our last uh, user review here, I found an actual Ravnican homunculus. Um, give up uh, here with his six out of ten review had me thinking, um, and this looks like it was written by a homunculus. Like it's it's one giant block paragraph. Um, that's his username. Um, <laughs> give a flip, yeah. Give a flip. Give a flip. Um, I guess spoiler warning. Sure. Uh, six out of ten had me thinking. Okay, so I've just so I've just finished watching this movie, and all I can say, I've waited two years just to find out that the detective that gave Zoe back her mother's necklace was the security guard at the front desk of the first movie. Then on top of that, Amanda shows up at the end of the movie. So to me, I feel like all the characters from the first movie is still alive. Why I think that, I'm about to tell you. So when Danny dies, first he goes under the water with Ben's lighter, ironically, and they all escape. And then next up, Amanda falls to her death and they move to the next room. And Mike gives his life up for Ben, Jason, and Zoe. Zoe fakes her death and Ben and Jason fights for the antidote to move to the next room. Ben has to solve the ending room, which he didn't because Zoe helped him by stopping it. But when Ben reached the end, he somehow gets his yellow lighter back. What tripped me out about the first in this one is Ben and Zoe managed to still come out and everybody else dies when the TV showed that four bodies was discovered. They didn't do that for the first movie. So I really feel like Danny, Mike, and Jason are still alive. And now Ben and Zoe have to find them. Oh, and another thing, where did Amanda go at the end when she helped Zoe rescue Ben? There was not zero periods. There were two periods in this paragraph. Which means that Goofy knows how to use punctuation. They just choose not to. He's, he comes from the Garth Marenghi school of writing. <laughs> Three out of five. Found that one helpful. There's There, there it is. Straight from the, oh my, from the ostrich's oh mouth. Uh well, that's probably about befitting of of the movie. Goodness gracious! In fourth, F nine, the Fast Saga continues its slide down from second last week all the way to fourth, seven point six million dollars. Boss Baby Family Business also down two spots, 
into fifth, $4.7 million. The Forever Purge down to $6.4.1 million. A Quiet Place Part 2 down to $7.2.23 million. Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, uh, Bourdain, which I've actually heard some stuff about, um, both positive and negative. Uh, that opened in eighth, $1.98 million. Cruella falls three spots from sixth to ninth, $1.16 million. And our review for this evening, uh, Pig opened in 10th with $970,000 in 552 theaters. Let's see if Raya is still in the, in the box office. It is. Raya and the Last Dragon, $15,000 in its 20th week. It's in 41 huh. theaters. There you go. And the Truffle Hunters, the 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 pig Hollywood twin, uh, <laughs> uh, in fifteen theaters. That's also twenty weeks. All right, let's talk some gaming news. Um, so fucking Activision is getting canceled. I guess they have uh, canceled. Had canceled. A, they've had a toxic work culture, and now Bungie who hasn't worked with them in years has publicly denounced uh working with them so that's cool Wait, i mean publicly denounced working with them or like canceled like future plans like working they, with they them haven't worked with activision in years yes they were oh, very yeah. happy years. about having left activision <laughs> yeah partially i'm like, guessing we because have of... no zero tolerance for toxic work environments gotta let people be themselves so you know all the all the right things to say um, it should surprise no one that Activision Blizzard is not a great place to work. It's a giant fucking corporate entity that's publicly uh-huh. traded now. Uh, they don't typically, those, those types of companies don't typically have the best work environments mm-hmm. as they are very bottom line and profit driven. Yeah, this was, um, this was some, definitely some pig shit though. Not, not a yeah, cage pig. Th- there there was some there's been some reports and that's all they are their allegations i'm not going to spend a lot of time elucidating them because we don't have the facts i don't necessarily disbelieve them but i'm not going to speak them as gospel until we have more information but it's pretty damning pretty damning stuff you can go look at, up mm-hmm. some of the accounts on your own uh if true, it's unacceptable. There's no place for that in the world. In any in any workplace, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah world, let alone workplace. let alone a uh, a a uh, creative environment like that, uh, where people yeah, and especially need like to... Activision Blizzard, which I mean, they do make a lot of like uh, at least attempts to be semi progressive in terms of like. Having a diverse range of characters. Well, and it's the whole passive to... progressivism thing, right? Yeah. You know, we 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 do this because that's what's marketable, I guess. It's what the people though... see, they don't see what goes yeah. on at the company. Yeah, it's it's the, the difference between yeah. their their forward facing public image and their private lives. You know. Yeah, and I think with a big company like that, you're bound to have. I mean, there's you know, there's assholes in and... every company. Yeah, like it just yeah. it just it's unavoidable. It's unfortunate that it's unavoidable, but it is unavoidable. Um, and you know, a few people can kind of create 
unfortunately, a environment that's very inhospitable. And uh, from the sounds of things, it, it comes from the top down uh, in the company culture. So uh, they've been very silent about all of this stuff on social media for several days now. Their PR team is fucking doing giant lines of coke in the conference room trying to figure out how to spin this. <laughs> uh, and maybe next yeah. week we'll have their official statement on the matter. But uh, right now From- it doesn't look good. I don't really know what major consequence it will bring. I don't know what kind of contracts they have with developers, if developers can pull out of their working relationship with them, if that's even a wise idea for them financially. Like, mm-hmm. my, my, my point I want to make here is, like, don't get mad at a developer for continuing to do business with Activision Blizzard because they have a financial responsibility to their employees. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how shitty a company they are, they are still one of the biggest game publishers in the industry. And sometimes, especially if you're a smaller developer, you have to get in bed with some unsavory people mm-hmm. to make it. Although I will say, as if the legal legal proceedings going forward will no doubt be horrendously complex, um, and I think one small part of that is, if if I was a lawyer for for one of these developers that wanted to terminate, I would I would have half a mind to count the the losses of whatever revenue and support from disconnecting with them. I would count that as damages. I think you could put that in as a as a tort. Again, I'm not, not a lawyer. Not a lawyer. Not even close. But thinking, you know, with the with the Vegas like the Lacroix of lawyer flavored Lacroix. As I sip on that, I'm like, yeah, that could probably be damages. Is losses incurred by you know um, having to terminate business with these guys? But if you're voluntarily doing it, I don't know that you can count it as. Force damages. I I don't know. That's that's something that their mm-hmm. legal team will have to decide on if they even. Yeah. Have so a legal far, team. so far, the only uh, news like from the Activision side that's out right now um, is some internal emails that got leaked. Um, basically, just saying, hey, it, it's a lot of like the corporate speak where we denounce everything that's said about this. It doesn't reflect our values. Um, deeply disturbed by a lot of this stuff, but then. Um, that's what they're sending out to, I think, their employees. However, I think in turtle, like, executive side of it, they're going to push the narrative of this isn't the the true picture. It it presents a distorted and untrue picture yes, they of have, the events. Yes, they have said so stuff to that effect. there's some conflicting messages. Also, the person who, um, who sent that uh, internal email was Fran Townsend. Um, no <laughs> relation to me. Do I exonerate myself from this case. Uh, as anecdotal evidence, Townsend then relates again. Not me. Not <laughs> that. Not my thoughts. Not my thoughts. This is Fran's thoughts. Not related though. Townsend. I don't think though. This is a quote from Townsend. <laughs> quote. <laughs> but not me though. Not me. Um, I'm a different one. I'm a good one. I'm one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, on a happier note. Uh, Max Payne turns 20 this uh, year, the 20th anniversary of of Max Payne. And to celebrate, Remedy's creative director Sam Lake and Max Payne actor James McCaffrey, Albany native, University of Albany alum, 
or University at Albany, I should say. Um, they teamed up to do a little uh, short video uh, commemorating the uh, the 20th anniversary, where they they reflected a little bit on uh, their experiences working on the project, and at the end, uh, James McCaffrey suited up as Max Payne and did a little little bit of a homage to the uh, graphic novel style uh, narration. Uh, I am working, I've been working on, I, I've got distracted with other games, but I've been working through the first Max Payne, and if you've never played it, uh, it's really worth playing. It's a little bit tough to get running on modern PCs, so if you have like a, a an Xbox or a PS2 that's modded or an emulator, I would say probably better off playing it on that. Um... But the PC version can you can get it running. It's just you gotta jump for some hoops. Uh, but it's totally worth it. It's a really great, innovative game from the early two thousands uh, with mm-hmm. one of the the coolest narration devices ever with the graphic novel interludes and the you know it's a brooding neo noir shoot shoot 'em up. Uh, and if that doesn't tickle your fancy, then I, you and I can't be friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Okay, I had a, I had a '90s alternative band moment here with the game, and for some reason, I thought this was Serious Sam. I'm like brooding, oh, no, 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 no. tech noir, the one where you dual wield your shotguns in the against the mummies. Okay, I'll I'll believe it. <laughs> no, no, I've never played a serious Sam game, but uh, God damn, am I enjoying my time with Max Payne? It's it's a little bit difficult in in some parts parts, but that's probably has more to do with the fact that I'm playing. Uh, it, the PC version doesn't natively support controllers, but uh, mm-hmm. through Steam you can use controller profiles, and I found one that works pretty well. But you know, there's no aim assist, so it can be a little difficult at times playing on controller. Uh, which is why I would recommend playing it on console, because uh, it, it'll it'll just work a lot easier for you. It's one of the few times where it's probably better to play a game on console than PC. Hmm. Um. Do do do. Seven of the top Borderlands three developers have reportedly left Gearbox. Uh, they've Uh-oh. moved on to a. It's originally reported by Axios. Uh, they've left the company to form a new studio. Details on the new venture haven't yet been revealed, but Randy Pitchford, founder of Gearbox Entertainment, said that departure will have no impact on the development of the studio's current project, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which we are all excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wish them the best. Hope they, they come up with something good. Borderlands. What is this, like 343 Guilties? Or 343 Industries or whatever? Well, 343 was like an in-house... Well, if I remember correctly, Bungie left Microsoft, and 343 was an internal division of Microsoft Game Studios that they had made specifically to replace Bungie to develop Halo games. Oh. So, yeah, basically the same thing. <laughs> it's more like uh, Respawn Entertainment leaving Infinity Ward. Gotcha. Which was another dispute related to Activision if I remember correctly <laughs> Ooh, Activision no. 
I'm doing so hot. <coughs> doing okay, buddy? Um, Borderlands um, 3, while not the mm-hmm. as good a story as Borderlands 2, gameplay-wise, was pretty good. So excited to see what they come up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what, what's this whole Battlefield portal thing that, that I'm seeing? I think that's like uh, they're just bringing back old maps and old guns to to the new Battlefield game, I guess. I I have not uh, really read much about I mean, that actually. So uh, uh, as Battlefield 2042 uh, puts out new shit for us to consume, um, and we're just eating it up like like delicious pussy, um, you know. <laughs> we're we're trying to see like a a game like this try to do something different. Um, and I think this is like one of the first things that it's really like maybe separating it from the pack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think actually Call of Duty had something similar in mind too, um, where I, I think they're taking like a lot of the past things from other games. You know, you have a lot of Battlefield um, to or Battlefield properties that they can pull from. And they're bringing like the best of all those worlds and putting them into like one multiplayer game, um, which I think you need when you're talking about having like how many people are they doing like 500 per map or whatever? I don't know, fucking what it was, 150. I don't know, uh, like a yeah, lot of people on a, on a map at once. Yeah. At launch, Battlefield um, Portal will conclude. I guess it's maps from historic Battlefield games maps um uh, i'm also seeing like other vehicles and guns uh being included in there too oh yeah i guess uh, it would probably be all that but uh the battle of the bulge from 1942 will be included el alamin from also from 1942 will be included Arik arica harbor from bad company 2 valparaiso Par- from bad company 2 caspian border from battlefield 3 uh, no Sour Canals in Battlefield 3. That was my least favorite map in that game. <laughs> and all seven Battlefield 2042 maps will be included in Battlefield. Yeah, they, they pose a good question. How are the guns balanced? Um, and the article really doesn't tell, give a whole lot of information. Because well, I bet there's not a whole lot of information out there yet. I think that'll be something we'll have to find out in the beta. Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, the biggest, like kind of thing to point on is like how is the gameplay balance like how are you gonna <laughs> i gotta take a panzer check up against uh you know an a, you know, attack helicopter or like a, a better tank well jake um, didn't you see the episode of justice league where they go back to world war ii times and the allies have to fight against vandal savages uh fucking big wheel technology <laughs> no because the, the only vandal savage i know is from the cw universe and i i wish i didn't <laughs> Battle oh, no. Savages in the CW universe. Oh yeah, Legend of the Oh Legends of Tomorrow. DC Legends of Tomorrow. Whatever the fuck that was. show was supposed to be. Yep. Hey, I've been seeing a lot of shit about the Flash now, and uh, wow, that has uh, Flash was that's, always bad. Well, like, you might, if you like Power Rangers, you actually might like it a little bit better now. But uh, it's very Power Rangery, and um. Star Wars too. I like somehow. Power Rangers largely because of the nostalgia attachment to it. I don't think I'd have the same. Well, get ready for it. none of that for the CW Flash and Barry Allen's "I Am the Fastest Man Alive." Well, I remember fucking how far off a cliff. I was never huge into Arrow. 
because it just was not the -hmm. characterization of Oliver Queen was never correct. Um, But it was okay the first couple seasons, and then Felicity became the central character, and it fucking Mm. (laughs) fell off a cliff. From what I understand, like, like Arrow, like, started high and then dipped down for a while, and then actually the end of it got a little bit better. Um, Flash started high, and I think it was a slow decline ever since. Yeah. But that's just because they have one-note villains. They're other Flashes. They have the, they have uh, the guy from um, Prison Break. Flash has a pretty good rogues gallery, too. He's got, you know, Captain Cold, Weather Wizard, uh, Mirror Master, uh, Gorilla Grodd. Uh, so they use those for, like, one-offs. Except for Captain they Cold, which the they bring back. Seasons. I, I saw a review of the first couple seasons where they bring him back, like, every other episode. And then it's his mother, and it's his sister, and it's his father, and the whole Cold family. Well, well yeah, Captain Cold ends up becoming one of the the Legends of Tomorrow, along with the Heat Miser, and uh, Ant-Man, and Ant-Man. Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's the Adam. Adam and the Canary or whatever. Oh, Black Canary. Yeah, I don't know if it's a black canary or the white canary or the yellow canary i don't know one of the one of the canary colors uh hades wins gdc the game development conference game of the year umarangi generations wins igf grand prize uh these are largely indie award shows so um you know no surprise that they're they're cleaning up there uh, the GDC award winners are best audio goes to Hades, best debut, uh, Phasmophobia from Kinetic Games, best design, Hades, best mobile game, Genshin Impact, Innovative oh, Award, nice. oh, Innovation Award, I'm sorry, Dreams from Media Molecules slash Sony Entertainment, best narrative, Last of Us Part 2, oh, I guess it's major releases as well. That's a controversial pick for best narrative. A lot of people did not like the story of that game. Uh, from Naughty Dog. Best Technology, Microsoft Flight Simulator. No surprise there. Best Visual Arts, Ghost of Tsushima uh, from Sucker Punch. Oh, I didn't realize that was Sucker Punch. Best mm-hmm. VR AR game, Half-Life Alex. I think that was like the only VR game that came out. <laughs> <laughs> Audience Award, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, game of the Year, Hades. Pioneer Award, Tom Fulp. I don't know what project he was involved in. And Lifetime Achievement Award to Larlin McWilliams. And the IGF Awards, Audience Award went to Arag. I think IGF is Indie Game Federation. So these are all Indian games. Excellence in Audio, Genesis Noir. Best Student Game, Vessels. From Local Space Survey Corps, LLC. Excellence in Design, Teardown. Excellence in Narrative, Yurigami Generation. Or you Marangi. Uh Excellence in Visual Design, Genesis Noir. Nuevo or Nuovo Award. Uh Blazeball. And the Shumas McNally Grand Prize for Marangi Generations. Um Steam's big picture mode is being phased out. It will be replaced with the Steam Dex UI. There is no report on when this will happen. Only that it will happen. So with Valve, that could mean any time between next week 
and 15 years from now. And that's gaming yep. news. Let's get into Let's talk about pork news. Farm animals. Animal farm. Animal farm. <laughs> old McDonald had a farm. Napoleon. Old old uh hunted truffles. Fuck, what was his character's name? What, the chef's name? Robin. Robin yeah, Feld. Robin, Robin Feld, yes. Nope. I thought that was just his last name. Uh because when you wrote it up there, I, they're like, I know, I didn't see the space all the way, and I'm like, Robinfeld, okay. Rob, so he's Jewish. Robinfeld. Robinfeld. Um, yeah. So as we said before, uh, the movie was bomb, it, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I would I would go as far as to say best move best 2021 release I've seen. Um, I don't know if that's so much praising pig as it is condemning the rest of the movies that have come out this year. Cause other than like wrath of man, everything else I've seen that's new this year has been really bad. Yeah. This was the first, I would say this is the first real movie this year. Like the first, I would call this cinema. Yes. This is in fact, Cinema in the way that we think of it as an art and not fucking Florence Pugh's terrible <laughs> reaction to the explosion in Black Widow. Oh. Huh. Oh. But Florence oh, Pugh yeah. is uh, just a gem. Love her. She's a fine actress. I don't have any problem with her personally. Just Black Widow is a fucking train wreck of a movie. Yeah. Um. So I I just want to just jump spoilers off the bat. Just go like go watch the movie. It's so not it's a very what you think simple. It is. Yeah. It's a simple plot. Um, like not a lot happens in the movie events wise. It's a character piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we're not gonna spoil too much. The talking to you about the plot because really the value of this movie is the performances of the actors and, and what it has to say. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can we can talk right into this. Um, I want to start off off the bat here, and I know that this is like a CinemaSins. Like, if this were on CinemaSins, they'd, they'd dock it for this. But it works in the I context of the say. movie. Uh, when Rob shows up at his old house... And he's just talking with the fucking kid that lives there now. This fucking disheveled ass old man with blood still in his fucking hair and beard. Talking to this kid about the fruit tree that used to grow there. Like, it's a good scene. Like, yeah. the, the character moments awesome. there is awesome. But it's like stranger danger. The- <laughs> it is. It is the lo- that whole thing is like the lowest key running gag through the whole movie is like any any impactful emotional driving scene you're like this man looks like a hobo that just got out of a knife fight yeah i love how that that's my... never mentioned too like they're in the fucking fancy ass restaurant like this <laughs> hip trendy thing and no one even mentions even the chef who like used to work for him <laughs> doesn't even make mention of the fact that it's like oh man you look like shit what happened to you he says like, yeah he's no got one line concerned. he's like do you need medical attention it's like, no. Yeah, do you need medical attention? That's it. 
I, I, that's my one issue with this movie. I'll just get my one issue out of the way right now, and that is, man, can you please clean up Nick Cage a little bit, you know? Wash the blood out of your beard. Maybe trim up a little bit because you're going back to society. Just so we can, like, make sense of his face. I don't know. <laughs> I Because it's a... Yeah doesn't fit with the emotion i felt that it was it was kind of a symbolic reminder for the whole movie of the mental state he was in i mean he could do that by his acting but it's always a good key reminder like yeah no matter whatever they're doing like he's got to get his pig back and he does not have time for anyone that's shit. his sole focus yeah like i think it works too with the timeline of events where immediately after he gets assaulted, it's the next day that they go on the hunt for the pig. And I think the whole movie takes place over the course of a yep. single day. There is there's the one meal he has at the house, and then it's a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, and it ends with a dessert. Um, yeah. Pretty nifty, I think so. Um, my one, I have, I also have one nitpick, and that was, as funny as it was, that the scene that started out, when he hijacks the bike and drives to um, Amir's dad's house, um, they play like they're like blasting Lacrimosa over the soundtrack. And I'm like, this is this is funny. This is good. But I don't know how much it jives with with the rest of the, the tone of the movie. Um, it just seemed kind of like they just wanted that one scene to be like that. Where he's, he's just fucking pedaling his bike. <laughs> he's just fucking driving to this dude's house. Because um, they really don't use a soundtrack for the rest of the movie. It's all di- it's mostly all diegetic. Um, it's Amir in the car trying to, like, culture himself and listening to, like, Jordan Peterson narrate his uh, classic... <laughs> Classical music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have an issue with my nitpick with the movie is on a technical level, and that's the audio mixing. They mastered the dialogue way too quiet. Um, I could not hear it. I had to turn my AC off to watch this mm-hmm. movie because I could not hear the dial. I watched it in my bedroom, so maybe that was my fault. But um, I no, could not I, hear. I had, I had audio problems too. It was a little quiet. Yeah. Um. But I don't know if that's like I don't know if that's the mix like like they mix things differently for the theater. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And our sourcing of this movie was uh, theatrical. Theatrical. Yes. Um, Well, it was it was it was a home release version of the movie. So the audio mix should have been tuned for like home speakers. So maybe that is. Maybe in the theater it works fine and they didn't bother to remix the audio for home release. And so that had the issue. Like, I know a lot of people complain about Christopher Nolan movies having that issue Mm -hmm. where you can't hear any of the dialogue because it's mastered for uh, not just theater sound, but like good theater sound. Yeah. Uh, Which would be a unique choice for an indie movie like Pig. But I had difficulty hearing characters at times. Uh, which was a real shame. Like, I turned off my air conditioning happily because I wanted to hear what this movie was trying to say. And it said a lot. Uh, and, you know, it uh, it speaks to me a lot heavier now in my life. I'm going through some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like it says a lot about like finding what you want out of life. And I think the big scene to drive home that theme, maybe a little on the nose, was the one they're at the restaurant. And he says, I want to speak to the chef. And the chef comes out and this he used was, to work for Robin. This was the best. This is the scene of this movie. This and is the one yeah, where he's we're like, going to be linking this for the next 20 years. He just fucking tears into this guy. He's like, why? What the fuck do you care about having a trendy menu? What do you care about these critic reviews? They don't know you. They don't see you. Why are you living your life for these people who would not notice no. If you were to just disappear. Mm-hmm. And he's not, it's not even angry. He's just like the sincere. He's, he's trying to give him advice. Yeah. He's like, because he, yeah. he wanted, he used to be a pasta chef. And he, mm-hmm. he had a dream to open a pub. And he mm-hmm. did not follow his dream. He did not follow his passion. He went into something that he thought was going to give him prestige. And he went into it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And. He 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 went into it what the people wanted. He was like, "This is what people want, so I'm gonna make what people want, and it's gonna be popular, and people are gonna come here." But it's not what he wants to do. It's not what's making him truly happy, and it's like a a facade of happiness that's mm-hmm. that's come over him. That he's like, "Oh, I'm successful, right?" Yeah. It's like, yeah, but but true success happy? is finding what makes you happy. Yeah, and yeah. and David Nell, who's the guy who plays the chef. He acts the scene so well. I like to preface oh, it, everyone like, was great in this movie. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah, there was everyone so many kills good. it in this movie. Like I can't think of a single bad performance, even from the fucking child actor. They should have got his ass for Space Jam. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I feel like I've seen him in something else, so he's not this isn't his first thing. I think he's in been in T V shows a lot too. Mm-hmm. But just to see that one shot of him like he's of smiling and washing over his face. And like that hollow smile where it's like you can tell there's cracks, pain behind his eyes. Mm. When when he cracks about like what what dish he was gonna serve, he just he does it like, immediately. Um, like he's stamp, he's hemming and hawing yeah. the whole time. But when when Robin asks him, he just goes liver curry. It's like liver scotch eggs with curry sauce. Like he's been holding on to that since he was uh, a young chef. And it's something about this chef and I. From working in a kitchen and from what I've seen on like just TV from like what, you know, you know, Hell's Kitchen and whatever, it's like the head chefs hold a certain amount of like intimidation factor for some reason. I don't know what it is about it. Why like the kitchen is such a hostile place. It's a high stress job. Yeah, it's all head chef that comes down on you has so much power and authority, not just like your boss, but just as like an individual. Like the whole work element goes away and it's like this is the head chef and they can ruin your life or make your life awesome. I think part of it is that in very few careers do you get to work with someone who's so like masterful in their craft. Directly with them. As like a head chef. Yeah, directly with someone who has that level of mastery over their craft as as a head chef in like a Michelin star restaurant would have like very few people have that opportunity. So there is an intimidation factor born out of the respect of like this. This is someone who has skill that I, I can one day hope to achieve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that that's all the hope. I mean, I I think from like from our perspective, it's like, man, imagine if we could be the CEO. Like I work with some talented man, scientists and like people yeah. who have a lot of knowledge, but I don't think it's like the same level of mastery. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could you could go back to school and get that education and maybe like work for twenty years and and maybe get there and that's you know attainable. But these people, they're like. They're hoping to put their blood, sweat, and tears into it's into, it's a passion for that. It's and more skill, and they may never even come close to it because they don't have the palate, they don't have the creativity, they don't have the skills to to you know you know make something like. And I think we should say uh, here that Nick Cage's character, just just to clarify, was like on top of the restaurant game, and he walked away from it because his wife it yeah, didn't make him happy. Like, before the scene, before this whole scene that we're talking about and we're gushing about, um, you know, the, the head chef comes out and he says, who are you? Like, what, like, what Which do you is want? A re- this is um, a recurring theme for the whole the, movie. Yeah. Is. And the one guy, the, the, the supporting actor, is, is like, hey, tell him, tell him your name. Just tell him who you are. And just slowly, Nick Cage just looks directly at the chef. He doesn't even have to say his name. He just looks at him. And... Even through the beard and the blood and he can see the disappointed eyes. He can see the disappointed. It was a touchstone back to his days as a pasta chef where he overcooked the pasta. Robin Feld, who probably made him cry because he then fired him after two months because he overcooked the pasta. (laughs) And I'm like, this, yeah, this is it. And yeah, Nick Cage's eyes tell a lot of story like robin throughout the whole movie whenever someone is talking to him he has this expression of what the fuck are you talking about just this this absolute like i'm fed up with your shit care he wants his pig that's the only thing that motivates him the entire movie is he wants his pig and at the end when he learns that his pig died when it was abducted the just and they cut out the audio of it, which is so a, you just see it. Good move. You see, which was a, a very pain. like astute artistic choice to go yeah. silent. It for was that. awesome. And you just see it, the way he reacts, and it's so you're right there with him. You're like, oh no, his pig. Exactly. And you find out well, because because like the scene right before, he's like, I don't need the pig to find the truffles. The trees tell you where to look. The pig's just my best so, friend because yeah. my wife's dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the other thing. It's like the entire movie, you're thought to think that this is like this pig is not only his like probably companion, like a dog or something like that, but also like it provides him a solid business. Like he, this is how it's he his sustains his life yeah. in the in the woods. But he doesn't need that. He doesn't need the pig. You know, he mm-hmm. can find it just by the trees and the soil, and like. This also this movie hits really close to home because my brother wanted to be a truffle farmer, so truffle pigs have come up more than once in conversation at my <laughs> household. So I can see my brother just like being devastated over the loss of his one true companion truffle pig, that was not only useful but also a very good friend. Pigs, they're you know? smart animals, and pigs, pigs are, like, are really pigs smart. Are like, humans. like they are, yeah. they are on or above the level of intelligence of a mm. dog. And and yeah. they they're 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 gentle animals that can be really good companions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, didn't you see Black Widow and those pigs? Like, come on! 
the, I, I, the, the that scene made me mad when she like turned off the pig's lungs. I'm like, fucking let it breathe. I got so heated hey. watching that scene. Yeah. Um, Peanut, help. What, kind of uh, along, you know, related to this um, part. I, I was surprised when I heard this movie was 90 minutes. When I look back, I'm like, that was 90 minutes. Are you fucking kidding? A tight me? 90. Yeah. yeah. Um, and part of like the reason it the pacing works, I, one of the things I, you know, looking back, why the pacing works for me is, like we said at the beginning, like it, the start is like it tricks you, it almost tricks you, like it swerves you with thinking it's John Wick, but it really does string you along for the whole movie in that there's always moments where they say, oh, we're gonna get that pig back, oh, we're gonna do the, we're gonna get the pig, we're gonna do the thing. And they always they kind of like dangle it in front of you that this movie is going to be something else or it's going to end a, a way that you might expect. Like the like Nick Cage Ratatouille's the uh, Amir's father. He just yeah, straight when, up Ratatouille. He's them. like, we're going to get my pig back. Like you're thinking it's going to be like a big op or something. But no, he just makes him the same meal that. So Amir, or it's going to be like, um, did you ever see um, the big night or what's that move? The big meal. I gotta remember the I, I don't big so. night movie. Um, yes, the big night. It's a. It's a. It's also about like two Italian. It's about two Italian brothers. And their restaurant's about to go down. And they have to resolve their differences with one big meal. And it's a like a heartwarming '90s comedy movie. And they have the big meal, and everyone's like, "Yay, happy ending! Great, you did it!" Same thing with like Ratatouille, where he makes them the one big meal, and that solves all their problems. But he makes the meal and he goes and he has this whole lovely sequence where. He- and it's significant for several reasons. So Amir, who is his like sidekick, mm-hmm. who has a great art. The intermediary he starts out totally the- fucking like a total prick. And by yeah, the end of you it, you hate him. Yeah. By the end of him, you're like, dude, I feel for you. Um, so his parents, I feel for him, especially because his parents split. Yeah. Um, his mom ended up attempting suicide. We see her in a coma, so we know she's alive. Uh, not necessarily well, but alive. Mm-hmm. And, and, he's, and he's clinging on. Yeah. And the meal that he cooked the last time that they were, he remembers them happy together is after they had dinner at Rob's restaurant. And mm-hmm. so he makes the same meal for Amir himself and Amir's dad that they had that night at the restaurant. And it just, it like in Ratatouille, it just transports him back to that time. And he's just yeah. overcome with emotion because he knows that mm-hmm. he, he fucking took yeah. the happiness away from him, from Rob with the pig. And he can't give it back to him. Like he just, like Rob just gave back to him. Like the, 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 fucking so, the subtext is so good un, what's unspoken yeah yeah so uh tomorrow war this is how you do a, a payoff <laughs> fucking you don't go to the kid who's like ancient volcanoes mm. this is Chekhov's gun not the volcano kid <laughs> um there are some oh, you guys told me about that I was so mad <laughs> yeah i i'm still mad um yeah there's and so with all this drama there's they they do take the time for some for some cheeky jokes where he's trying to open up the thing. He's like yeah. he's trying to open up the door to the the Portland hotel. He's like I don't fuck my pig. It's a great. Oh fuck! It's a fucking hilarious line. 
<laughs> yeah, there were some. There were some great lines. There were some, some really great lines. The, the fuck Seattle line. Um, just like the whole interaction with like the kid and the parsimony tree mm-hmm. was just. It was. It wasn't so much as like haha, like like belt, like gut buster laughing, but like. It was. You just step back and funny. you look at you're it. Gonna, and you're, you're like, gonna high. Because you do that in life, where what a strange interaction a kid and this grody grody wildman appearance man yeah <laughs> this hobo you know <laughs> this fucking blood stained hobo how we used to live here and it's like what happened to the parsimon tree the kid's like i'm four what's a parsimon <laughs> and oh, like, he breaks it down because like he I, I like that scene where he's talking about it and like oh he's a top chef he could probably fucking launch into an hour-long lecture about what a persimmon is and how to use it but he's just like it's a fruit it tastes really nice you can't eat it unless it's until if it's not ripe but if you wait a while gets rid of these things called tannins and then it's really good and that's about just like it's about letting go it it connects to the themes the movie (laughs) it's almost as if this movie was written well (laughs) (laughs) oh and I, that, uh, yeah, this the, is yeah, and then there's um the whole sub the whole uh kind of backstory for Robin. They they show a little bit into his mm-hmm. backstory about his wife dying and um uh she was a baker and I I missed it because it was really quiet that whole mm-hmm. scene, but really well shot. A- just in the dark in the back of the bakery, they're just chatting about old times, and he's like. It's just out of nowhere. It's like, do you have this? Do you, have, do you sell the salted baguette? Yeah. It's like, I need that salted and baguette. It's exactly I, I like what some you of need like, to know. There's a little bit of character growth there, too, as he's like gone on this journey, Rob has, where he mentions the curtains. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it, looks, it does look better this way. Like, he's kind of yeah. accepted that, you know, things need to change sometimes. Yeah. This was a, it's a secret, it's a secret riff on the hero's journey. Because <laughs> um, he doesn't come back with the elixir. I mean, maybe he does. He comes back with the knowledge that the true knowledge of what happened, instead of trying to believe a lie and being able to let go. Yeah. And then he, had, well, that was at the end of the movie where he was like, he was like, I wish I never came on this journey because before I left, I should never left. Before I left, my pig was still alive. Like at least in his mm-hmm. mind, they were just stolen, being used for truffles. They were still alive but now he found the truth about it and the truth is almost it's it has hurts. set him free um and then you yeah. have that last sequence in the movie where it's just it's dead quiet sounds of the sounds of the woods and you're just walking home and it's just it's just pushing down on you like everything mm-hmm. it, it's letting all the emotions of the movie start to like really settle in and then he puts the tape on and it's fucking dancing in dancing in the dark by bruce springsteen and the fucking movie ends <laughs> i was like nah. <laughs> i was i was yeah, it done was, it slayed it was, me it was uh an emotional ride for sure yeah uh definitely watch it if you have not oh wait, no, it was, it was on, on uh totally worth it um, I, I'm sure it's available on, well, let's see, we'll, we'll let you know where it's available here. We'll go, um, you can watch. 
Uh, you can rent it through. Um, looks like you can rent it through most of the major platforms. Your Voodoo's, your Google movies, and whatnot. Uh, there's also uh, Showtimes too. You can get it. There's there's uh, several Showtimes at some theaters. Yeah, you can uh, so. Prime Video. You can rent it for. Uh, I'm sorry, no, that's a different movie called Pig. <laughs> mm. From 2014. So Pig is not yet available on any streaming services. Until at least until after. Uh, but they they might I expect it to come on Prime Video like soon though. Um. Let me, because I just I just looked up like where like the articles how how to watch Pig, um, and the the biggest thing is like see it in theaters. Yeah, so maybe you have to, to check out your local theater, but um, or find nefarious ways of watching it. But we don't recommend that. No, watch it in the true the way movies were supposed to be watched. I think I think in Obviously. the U.S. it's not available on uh, over the top, but I think overseas it's on it's rentable on a few. It's not like you can't like stream it on a Disney Plus or whatever, but you can like rent it from a mm-hmm. so a service. But definitely, if uh, if you are comfortable braving a theater. Uh, it's worth watching. It's probably the the best movie out in and cinema right now. I look forward to seeing it at the Oscars. I'm sure Nicolas Cage, at the very least, will be up for Best Actor. Yeah. Yep. I think so. All right. So that's gonna Makes wrap sense. up episode 273 of the Sound Studs podcast. Uh, we'll be resetting our For the King campaign <laughs> because we had a technical issue last week. Has been resolved. Mm-hmm. Took a long time, but it's been resolved. Uh, we'll do better. Twitch TV backslash Saturn Studs is the place to go for that. Um, and until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>